and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast. I'm Raven, and I'm here with Jared, one of the pastors here at Providence. And the goal of this podcast is to form disciples who live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Today, we're concluding our discussion on health for the holidays by discussing seeking relationship with Jesus. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. What's up, everyone? Jared, this morning, I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way. Ever since we had the time change, I was up. I was excited. There was light outside. I loved it. But this morning, I feel like I just couldn't wake up. Like, I just, I don't know. I just didn't have a routine. I was just tired. I believe that. I had a, another experience. So we have four kiddos, mm-hmm. like I've mentioned quite a few times. The second one, Liv, who's six years old, all of a sudden in the middle of the night is in our bed. And I'm like, mm. wait, where did she come from? But <laughs> she's not sleeping. She's awake. And I look over, her eyes are open and she was scared about Aww. something. And it was like four o'clock. And then I'm like, oh, she'll just go to sleep because this is what happens. And then it's like 4.15 and she's not sleeping. Oh, and no. 4.30 and 4.45 and she's tapping me on the shoulder. She's like, can I go watch a show? And I'm like, I'm not <laughs> letting you watch a show. And so she was still a little scared. I talked her down off the ledge, but we were both awake for like an hour and a half in the middle of the night. Oh so word. I can't, I took my alarm, turned it off and I woke up about 20 minutes before a babysitter got to our house to watch our kiddos. So oh this is maybe goodness. not the day to consider what normal sleep or normal tiredness feels like. Yeah. How often does that happen with your kids where they wake up in the middle of the night and they're scared? Ooh, I would say, I mean, it's probably a couple times, not necessarily scared, Mm -hmm. but there are kids that walk into our room probably four times a week, five times a week. Every once in a while, I'll wake up and there's a kid that like crawled in our bed and then I wake up and there's a second one crawling in and I'm like, okay, this is, the math doesn't look good on the the width of this bed and how everyone is going to fit in here. So it is, um, and sometimes like, oh no, I'm putting these kids back to bed. And then other times I just like, I'm just going to live with it and sleep on like a one foot sliver on the edge of the bed and hope I don't fall (laughs) off. So how do you have a morning routine? Cause I'm even thinking I was exhausted this morning. I tried to pray and spend time with the Lord and I fell asleep. Like I just, I couldn't stay awake. And so with kids, I mean, they probably need to go to school. You have so many things. How do you have a routine in the morning? It's a bit challenging. This is true confessions of a pastor. I turn my alarm off. I got up and I'm like, oh, shoot. I got to get out the door in like 20 minutes. It doesn't usually happen that way, but I also don't usually spend an hour and a half to two hours up in the middle of the night. So this morning was different and I forgot to reset my alarm and I woke up quick. And so I just got ready quick. I'm like, okay, I'm going to grab coffee in the morning. So I texted the staff team and said, I'm going to be at Starbucks. And what I was doing there is opening my Bible and actually taking Mm -hmm. a little time to read and pray. So sometimes you got to get creative when you got kiddos because things are a little bit unpredictable. Totally. And I think that's good that you're still pursuing your relationship with Jesus. Even if something comes up during the day, you're realizing that is the way that you will be fueled for the day. And that is how you're going to get strength for the day. Totally. 
the last few weeks, we've been going through a series called Health for the Holidays. And as Jared joked on the first podcast episode, it's not about working out. It's not about being in your best shape or talking about that. It's truly talking about our spiritual state and how to be healthy during the hectic holiday season. So the first week we talked about be you, because if you're trying to be anything other than yourself, that's not what Jesus wants for you. He wants you to be your full self and your transparent self. And he loves when you are yourself and he loves using the giftings that he's given you. And so that's kind of what we discussed in the first episode. The second episode, we talked about slowing down in order to hear from Jesus. We really need to slow down and have times of rest to be able to hear from him and also just to give life to our bones and to our bodies. And at the end of that episode, I asked Jared, okay, help me out here. I have a tendency to be so excited about my Sabbath that I seem like a whole new person. Whereas during the week, I know I'm supposed to rest in Jesus, but I'm struggling with that. And he said, come back next week. (laughs) Exactly. So here we are. And I'm excited to dive in because I have been waiting for this. I want to know the answer because that's something that I struggle with. And I feel like it should be easy to say, oh, yeah, I'm coming to Jesus weary and burdened during the week. But that's just I am coming to him. But I don't feel like I'm always actually feeling less burdened when I leave. Mm. Yeah. So like you said, we talked about being you the first week, slowing down the second week. This week, we're talking about seeking relationship. We're not talking about just any relationship. Seeking relationships are great, but we're talking about specifically seeking relationship with Jesus. So in the context of the passage that we keep going back to in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, he invites us, he says, Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So exhausted, tired. He's offering us rest and he invites us to come to him. Now notice in those verses, as you're listening to them, maybe you're looking them up right now. He doesn't say, Hey, all you who are tired and, and weary come to church. You know, he doesn't say come to Christianity. All you who are tired and are weary and heavy laden or, or labor and heavy laden. He says, come to me. So then you're reminded, Oh yeah, this is Like there is a living person who is inviting us to come to him. So there's a relational implication to the way that we find rest. If it is not relational because it's a person, although it's God, but it's a person inviting us, a person to come to him. So it has to be relational in nature. So I grew up in a Christian family, a wonderful family, and I got saved at a young age um, you know, c- kind of one of those five-ish praying beside the bed, you know, Jesus come into my heart, whatever, those kinds of things. In my mid-20s, I had this uh, kind of awakening to the gospel that happened where I realized that I had been doing a lot of the Christian things and, you know, I had faith in Jesus, but I didn't realize like how bad I actually was until there, Jesus did some deep heart work stuff in me. On the inside, I was one of the most judgmental, mm. uh, angry, like bitter people, insecure people that you could imagine. 
I'll spare you the details, but it actually happened through me playing an open gym basketball game where he, he showed me how messed up I was. And oh, so wow. on my way home and then heading back to my apartment in my mid-20s, he just made this – there was this clear thing of like, like I'm a lot worse than I thought I was. And because I'm really bad, that means that Jesus had to do a lot more than I thought he had to to save me. So when you're not very bad – Jesus dying for you isn't that big a deal, right? Mm -hmm. When you realize, oh, I'm kind of messed up, that's a big deal. Totally. And what happened uh, to me, like I was eating this stuff up. I got into ministry right after this in my mid-20s, eating this up, teaching this to people, like so excited about all of it. I would get online. There's a my favorite website at the time, the Gospel Coalition, had articles about this gospel-centered theology. So I was just eating every day, reading all of their new articles. And I felt like just growing in the gospel. Um, but after about, oh, I don't know, maybe six or seven, maybe eight years of doing that, all of a sudden the, the shine of all of mm -hmm. that started to wear off a yeah. little bit. And as I've talked to other people, um, some of them in ministry, some of them not, they would, they've told me, I'm not saying this is everyone's story, yeah. but, um, I've heard from other people that some of it has like, like it doesn't like pop near as quickly. Like it's like still amazing. The mm -hmm. concepts are amazing. It's really great, but there seems to be a sense of like, you can like float into like kind of a, a numbness or it doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't pop as much. So here's where I think, um, now, I want to be very careful because this is going to sound kind of edgy at first. Say we're lonely mm -hmm. or insecure. We try to preach to people the doctrine of adoption, like God has adopted you into his family. Now you have a father, you know, you have a heavenly father. Like that's an amazing thing, right? right. Um, and maybe if you feel a sense of guilt or shame, we preach at people this concept of justification, the fact that um, like you've been declared innocent before God. Like you don't have to feel that guilt. You don't have to feel that shame. But here's where part of the punch of this is. We're trying to like apprehend concepts in, in our minds, but concepts don't change lives. The living mm -hmm. relational God is the one who changes lives. Okay. Yeah, and good. so these words that are these theological mm -hmm. concepts, and I would encourage you, keep diving into them, learn more, right. know more, learn more of them, learn more about them. But if you seem to be hitting against something, understand that these concepts are describing to us our relational God and how he works. So there is mm -hmm. actually the third person of the truth. The Holy Spirit is living inside of us. He is a relational being that actually has power. And so he is applying the truth of adoption to us. The truth of justification has been applied to us and we are um, declared innocent or this fact that this fact that we are, we're slaves to sin and now um, we are free. Like we're coming up with language to describe who our God is and how he works. And it's not just a concept to like figure out in our heads. When I started realizing that I realized, oh, I don't need to come to theological concepts in and of themselves, but it's actually God inside of me, who's who's the one who's changing me. Mm, that's really good because I think it's really easy for all of us to get caught up in the words and the terms, and then it takes an impersonal approach to our relationship with God. It's just we're explaining things about Him, but we don't really know know Him at all. Yeah, exactly. So it's helpful to ask like a diagnostic question, like if I'm sitting down with my Bible in the morning or the 
my little devotional quiet time routine and maybe I've got a book or something that I am reading through. Like, what am I actually trying to do with this Mm. time? What am I trying to get out of this? Right? Right. Yeah. 100%. Because you could just be sitting there trying to gain knowledge, but not actually trying to relate with the Lord. But then how do you take it a step further and actually relate? I'm going through a Bible study right now and it's an in-depth Bible study, but I don't feel like I'm connecting with the person of Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's probably a lot of the season, the time I feel tired a lot. And so there's just a lot of other factors going on, but I'm not feeling like that same relational connection to Jesus that I would normally feel, or it's just easy to pray and be like, what are all those words I'm saying? Yeah. This is not my soul. Whereas when you have those soul moments with Jesus, it changes, but I feel like it's easy to be in the superficial place lately. Maybe that's the holidays. Maybe it's everything. Very vulnerable Uh, place to be, but still. There's probably lots of things going on, but I, you know, like you said, the common ones coming into a kind of quiet time or Bible reading thing in the morning. One is you're coming for just like information, right? I want to learn something, which is, it's great to learn something. You might come for like a spiritual booster shot. Like I hope I like, like get something helpful, which once again, that's a great thing to be encouraged by something, um, but it's maybe not the whole picture. Um, some of us might do it because it makes us feel like we've, we're like spiritually accomplished. I think it's helpful if you maybe name that, Mm -hmm. but uh, so a couple of the things, maybe I can give a couple examples. So you kind of have to maybe disrupt your rhythm a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to Bible reading, I did this little devotional book that, that Pete Scazzaro, who did this emotionally healthy series, um, this book that he has at the beginning and the end of each like devotional time or whatever you want to call it, he writes in the book to to pause for two minutes on the front end and the back end. And when you do that, it's a, it's slowing down. So like we talked about last week, but it's essentially what he calls practicing the presence of God. And so we're not used to slowing down like we talked mm-hmm. about last week. And when you think about any sort of like, meaningful relational experience you you have to like slow down you kind of have to look people in the eye you have to like be present to them and listen and so um for me that looks like a couple minutes two minutes it's it's hard to be silent if you try this it's going to be crazy distracting but you've got to practice and so i'll start with two minutes or maybe three or maybe four and and just sit there and i will don't get weird on me. This is, I promise this is not some weird religion thing, but like I will pause and just breathe in and out slowly. As I'm breathing out, I'll just say, here I am, Lord. Mm. You have to like help yourself understand that you're not just reading some words on a page, but you're like interacting with the living God and he wants you to come to him. And there's an opportunity as you're reading to like, hear from him and interact with him. His presence is there with you. And so that's what I do. What I read, well, pause. When my wife and I, our schedules in the morning don't always overlap, but when we get together and we read together in the morning and we say, okay, let's like, are we going to do the two minutes? Let's do the two minutes. And so we'll pause and um, you kind of have to rid off distractions, which is actually helpful to have like, like a phrase like that, like, here I am, Lords. I've heard people say like, like Abba Father or something while they're doing it. Um, and it's helpful to say something because when your mind starts thinking about Nebraska football or, 
your colors that you just discovered a couple weeks ago or whatever it might be or you know the next task that you have to do um you say no no, no. this is here's what i'm doing like here i am lord and here he is with us and so yeah that's one example with bible reading i don't know if you've have you experimented with that before i've tried it a couple of times because we had practicing the presence during the summer when we did our psalm series one time and it went honestly it went really well it does take a while to get yourself into a place where you can fully focus and i think that's really helpful and from a neurological standpoint humans are thinking of things all the time and so saying something like that is so helpful because your brain can't just completely completely shut off yep. so i think that's really good that you guys use that to focus yourselves before you start yeah totally and so it doesn't yeah it's not a you have to do this mm-hmm. but even taking a second to if your rhythm is read the bible then pray like take a second to just yeah. say a prayer or something before you go to become aware like hey this is not a like a a, a rigid religious ritual Mm -hmm. this is an interaction with the living god and he's here with me so just maybe address him you know Mm -hmm. you say hi to people when you sit down maybe like say hello say say a few words and and do that so that's one of the things um Mm -hmm. that we do with um with the bible reading time the other one with prayer um one of the ways that i feel like god has had some breakthroughs in the idea of relationship is that that i practice something called listening prayer And that is not the like pray through a prayer request list, like bullet points, but instead to pause and actually listen for the voice of God in specific ways. And this is something that takes practice because it requires like silence and listening because in a relationship, how many relationships do you have where you do all the talking? Not very many. Yeah, yeah, none. And it doesn't go very well when you do, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a power to listening to the voice of God to see if you can like discern what he's saying. And so when you have those decisions that you have to make and you say, I need to pray about this. Well, how do you like, how are you expecting God to actually speak to you? And if we spend time actually listening, like minutes listening, I think sometimes God reveals things to us. And so um, here's a couple like practical things. So every time I preach a sermon, I'll have the text in front of me. I will have studied and usually I'll do this on the front end and but I usually do it more so um, like after I've done all my studying and I have all the information, I know what it means, but I'm trying to figure out, hey, how does this connect with our church? I will pause and I will say, God, what do you want to show me about fill in the blank? Or what do you want to teach me about fill in the blank? Do the same thing for like big decisions that we're making or if there's something happening at work and it's like, it's kind of a dicey situation like, Hey God, what do you want to what do you want to teach me about this situation with this staff member that's, you know, going through something hard, whatever. And just sit and listen. And I am not like I don't think I have some like crazy supernatural gift for this, but I'm not joking. Well over half the times that I'm like sitting and listening for more than say five minutes. Like I feel like God gives mm-hmm. me a conviction, an impression. Sometimes it's like a picture in my head or a phrase, something. And I think God is actually speaking when we slow down and when we listen. So this is kind of a combination of both the last weeks, like slow down and listen. So for example, I was thinking about a, 
a church building. We don't have a church building. Um, and one of the staff members asked me, he said, Hey, are you still praying for church buildings? He said, I, I, I keep praying. Is it okay that it, we're like still praying or does God said no? And he just wants us not to pray. And so I was sitting down in my time at Starbucks, like I mentioned earlier, I said, God, what do you want to show me about a church building? I'm pausing, pausing, pausing. And I think I'm not saying this is Bible revelation from God, but it seemed like God gave me a phrase, and that is kingdom, not comfort. Mm. So think kingdom, not comfort when it comes to a building. And so that's good in my head and in my heart, when I was thinking about, hey, like we need a building because, because why? Well, because it's a lot more comfortable and you don't have to worry about somebody else's rules and you don't have to worry about like transporting stuff. And our worship team doesn't have to like hustle like crazy to set up on Sunday mornings and set up and tear down all that. That's all comfort. And it's okay that God could provide that. But when I think about investing like a lot of dollars into something, like everything that we want to invest our time and our money in as a church is like, it's about the kingdom purposes. And so when we need to do this, like, let's think about the kingdom. Now I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent on this, but I just want to give an example. I feel like God can give us powerful words as which are powerful, like impressions when we practice this. Um, and, and it's encouraging too, because it's like, okay, I'm not just like randomly walking through life and I hope God does something. And maybe I'm walking with God, maybe like we can seek relationship with him. And he can speak to us. And that's kind of exciting. It's yeah. kind of fun. Oh, it's so exciting. Especially when you get a word from him and you know it's yeah. from him. It just sits in your soul differently yeah. and resonates differently. That's cool. Yeah, I think being able to ask God, what do you want to show me rather than, I, yeah, I just feel like a lot of times I sit and I'm like, okay, God, tell me this. And over and over, he doesn't actually give me the answer. Mm. He tells me, I feel like it's been a couple of weeks where he tells me instead, I just want you to focus on me being the healer or I just want you to focus on spending time with me. And so I love that you're regularly spending time with him. And then also I feel like out of that, he's able to show you things that you wouldn't have noticed otherwise. Whereas like for me, he's trying to show me and teach me, hey, just focus on my attributes and then I'll figure out all of the other things that you want answers to. Whereas like, I feel like for you, at least this is how I'm interpreting it. It could be so wrong. Who knows what God is doing exactly. But you've spent countless hours and time with him to understand his character and to be close and near to him. And he wants to bless you with answers of what he's doing in and through those problems. Whereas with me, he's saying, Raven, I don't want you to just walk away. Once you get the answer, I want you to sit with me. I want you to know the attributes of me. And I think that's cool because he's showing everyone something different within their relationship with him. But ultimately he wants us just to be there. Yeah. Alongside him. Totally. Yeah. So, and even, you know, going back to what I was mentioning at the beginning, the, there is not a, a dichotomy between learning about God and learning about his truths and seeking relationship. Cause I feel like the more we know him, like absolutely plummet the depths of God and his word and like what the gospel is and how it applies in our lives. It gives some guardrails to like, okay, what would he be speaking or what's in line with his word. And a lot of times, if it's exactly what you were already thinking, that might not be God's voice. But if it's something that like seems like strongly convicting and it's maybe a little bit 
different than you would have come up with on your own, but you still feel compelled by it. Like that might be God's voice. Not all the time, but yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think that's helpful too, because sometimes he could give us a wildly new perspective. Sometimes it could kind of go with what we're thinking, but a lot of times it challenges us and convicts us. So for those who are feeling heavy laden, weary, and they don't know where to start, what would be your encouragement to them? Yeah, well, Jesus wants to give you rest through relationships. So maybe two things. The first thing for people who aren't practicing any spiritual disciplines, um, pick up your Bible and a couple times a week, open up the Bible and before you do it, just pause and acknowledge the presence of Jesus, whether it's through the two minute thing I was mentioning or just praying. So that's one Mm -hmm. thing. The other one for people who are already practicing, you know, multiple spiritual disciplines, I would say, Look at those disciplines and take an inventory. Ask yourself, hey, what am I actually going for? What's my goal in these things? And try to reorient your disciplines around actual relationship with Jesus and coming to him because in Mm -hmm. doing that and abiding with him, I think you're going to truly find rest. Thank you for joining us today. The goal of the Christian Formation Podcast is to form disciples who live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. If you want to find out more about us, check us out at ProvidenceOmaha.org. And if you have episode topics, comments, or questions, please email us at formation at ProvidenceOmaha.org. We'll see you next week.